Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the second hour is here. OutKick 360 underway from 6th and Peabody with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Entire crew is here today, and we are breaking down the college football and NFL headlines. Roquan Smith has been traded to the Baltimore Ravens. Trade deadline coming up tomorrow. College football playoff rankings will be announced. The first one, first edition, announced tomorrow evening as well. A lot to discuss. And the NFL, headlines-wise, from the results, we'll dive into all of the Week 8 discussion straight ahead. But all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's back on the scene. He's now had four consecutive games with over 100 yards rushing. And yesterday in Houston, albeit against a Texans defense that will allow any running back right now to look awesome, fantastic, otherworldly, however you want to describe it. Henry has done this now four consecutive times where he has rushed for 200 yards against the Houston Texans defense. Paul, you were there firsthand. He surpasses Eddie George on the all-time touchdown list for the franchise. And he also ties O.J. Simpson for the most 200-yard game performances out of the backfield with now six of those. And Adrian Peterson. And Peterson. Yeah, that, That's and, the most ridiculous record to me, is that that company. And four straight against the Texans. And he's got games coming up against the Jaguars, who are his second favorite team to run for that's 200 right. yards against. So, um, look, the Texans offer very little resistance. Um, it, it, it's easy to do. The Titans went in there. Uh, with no real plan of asking um, Malik Willis to, to do much. He, he threw 10 passes. The only pass he threw in the second half was a throwaway on a roll. One pass attempt. One pass attempt. They just handed it to Henry, handed it to Henry. I thought Malik Willis would at least like do some running in combination with that, and he ran, what, like five times for 12 not, not yards. Much. He, he was an absolute non-factor. It was Derrick Henry's game start to finish. Took care of business in a very efficient and uh, deadly fashion. And the, the Titans get out of town with a run game and a defensive win. Now, there was no update on Ryan Tannehill today. Um, I'm sure that Derrick Henry can have an efficient game next week, next Sunday night in Kansas City. I doubt he runs for 219 yards against the Chiefs. And the Titans will need more. Either from Tannehill, who'll be coming back from an ankle injury, or from Malik Willis, who really showed zero. Yeah, agreed. He's not ready. But Henry, I mean, with or without Tannehill, that is the game plan. Henry. Yeah, yeah. And it only, now, it's going to be on a lesser scale. I mean, that's as, as yeah. much as you can scale it. They well, drew so the right opponent. They, yes. And six completions for the Titans' offense in this game, 10 attempts, six completions. That's the fewest completions in a game by any quarterback all season in the NFL. And yes, that includes Justin Fields. You know, he's been the butt of a joke with how many pass attempts he had over the first month of the season. Um, you know, it, 
We'll see that and raise you Malik Willis's performance in his first career start, which will go down as a win. Titans era only one other time. Marcus Mariota, in a game he was knocked out of early, Chad, went three for six for 55 yards and was sacked three times. Only other time in the Titans era, a quarterback has thrown for as few as 55 yards and managed to get sacked three times. I'm glad we got all the Derrick Henry positivity out of the way because he deserves it. I mean, great job. He carried the team on his back. The game plan should absolutely be to go through 22 in every game, especially against this Texans team, especially with Malik Willis, your backup quarterback starting in the game. But can we address the elephant in the room that that was a miserable football game oh, to yeah. watch? I do not. This is mainly about the Houston Texans. I don't know. I really don't. And maybe you guys can help me out. How can any National Football League club allow a team to line up in a heavy formation and run the ball right down your throat over and over again like you are an FCS opponent playing the best of the Big Ten and you just can't physically line up against them? That should not be possible in the NFL. In a salary cap era, that was disgusting to watch if I am a Texans fan. They knew exactly what was coming. They could have put 11 guys on the line of scrimmage and dared them to try to throw it deep to someone completely open. And it felt like they could not stop Derrick Henry. I don't they even know. They haven't stopped anyone. I don't know how that's possible in college, much less the NFL, when everyone knows exactly what you're going to do every play and you still pull it off. That was an embarrassment. Brace yourself for this from Lovey Smith. We haven't been able to stop the run really all year, and that definitely showed up. We knew who we were playing, one of the best backs in the game. That physical brand of football, we weren't ready to play that. I mean, what, what, your head coach is saying that, and then he's asked about what kind of adjustments they could make for Thursday night, where in line with the World Series, oddly, they're playing Philadelphia, the only undefeated team in football, and he's saying, well, it's a short week. It's not like we can do a lot. We're going to have walkthroughs, and they're going to have walkthroughs. So, I mean, fans of the Texans are hearing that, and they're saying, basically, Lovey, you're saying we're going to get our bleep kicked on Thursday night because as badly as you just played, you're saying you can't do much better. I'm not even joking when I ask this. Does he coach? They showed him over and over during the game, and he was just standing there looking regal like Father Time with his beard beard. with just a, a perplexed look on his face, not speaking. I don't think the camera ever caught him talking to someone on the headset. Is he doing anything but standing there trying to look regal on the sideline? I don't think he does anything offensively for sure. Uh, Pep Hamilton's the one that's in control of that. And that's, I mean, they they have no, other than Brandon Cook, so they're they're trying to trade if someone will pick up his contract, not which this is, year, but next yeah, year. Yeah, 18 million guaranteed next year, which yeah. is steep. Um, I mean, man, oh man, look, we're biased because other, David Coley came in our studio and joined us one yeah. time. But I mean, David Coley, I'm watching, like he's coaching. He's talking to somebody in the headset. He's walking the sideline. He's doing something. Their offense is also pathetic. 18 of their 51 plays, I counted up. They needed more than 10 yards. Oh, the offense was... Well, they had 75 yards before the final possession of the game. Total. You know, like just... They're inept. It was was historically bad NFL, modern era level performance from the Texans. And When they were at the 66 yards or whatever it was before the final drive, I texted a buddy and said, we're witnessing history. This is one of the worst offensive performances in the history of the National Football League. league. And there's no weather concerns. Take out all awful weather games where no one could throw it 
into a 70-mile-per-hour wind or a fog bowl or snow. That was the worst good weather domed performance I've seen in my life. The league saw fit to could give this a light, late afternoon time slot. I swear to you, if McLean hadn't mentioned at the World Series that it was a 3 o'clock game and said something about how shocked he was that it was a 3 o'clock game, I might have showed up at Reliant <laughs> Stadium at 10 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. Because I, uh, there was no reason to even consider it was a 3 o'clock game. I, I might have looked well, they at moved, my they stuff. They moved it to the afternoon because they had the morning game in, in Wembley. So they had one less game in the afternoon slot, and they so moved, they just moved the this bad one. trash game this there. Was a bad one. Yeah. Late afternoon. But, I mean, to be fair to Titans-Texans, there was only one game that featured winning teams playing yeah. yesterday. Giants and Seahawks, where Seattle pulled away in the fourth. Um, coming up, we'll, we'll dive into to more of those uh, week, weekly headlines for the NFL. We'll also give you some discussion on the uh, trade deadline, which is coming up tomorrow. Here is Derrick Henry postgame discussing what the offense was able to do, running for 200-plus on his end as a team over 300 yards rushing against Don the Charles Texans. Hilliard, very good. Where Malik Willis makes his first start and completed just six passes. Just happy for him just to go out there and be able to lead us and us to win and you know do everything we need to do to get the job done. I told him you know my my first year it wasn't great and you know I, I wasn't the best, but as time goes on, you know you learn and get more experience and you know I think you know he'll be special as you know time goes on. Yeah, so the end of that is key because Henry did not blossom into the running back we saw into what year three and a half. Yeah, I believe it was. But he also had. Semi, I mean, DeMarco Murray was a good running yeah. back. Uh, Deion Lewis wasn't, but there were people in front of him. I mean, De uh, Tannehill's in front of him. R right now, it's very difficult to look at Malik Willis and picture him as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of coaching, all of that. But if you're making me close my eyes and envision opening day next year with Malik Willis being introduced as a starting quarterback of the Titans, I'm thinking that they're uh, – Five-win team. I agree. He's just not seeing it. There's yeah. just something you see with just looking at him, try to read a defense, and progression, everything, it, it's missing. It's just lacking. So he has He's won. not seeing the game, you can tell. We, we, we could tell early in the preseason. I think it got a little bit better when he was just forced to, hey, you're going to look here, here, and here. <laughs> and then eventually, if he got enough time, he'd hit the right guy or maybe hit his first read. But when the... Bullets are flying, and he's in the game. It's not there. He had one play that was a one-read play, really, to Chigunconquo, the rookie tight end. And he was wide to open. To the right. Wide open. Time. Everything worked. And he moved to the right for no reason, kind of threw on the, a little bit on the move for no reason, threw sidearm for no reason, and overthrew him for absolutely no reason. That was the easiest throw he had all day. It would have been his longest completion, 20, 22, 25, something like that, depending on what Chig did with it after he caught it. He had a safety coming over the top, and he just looked discombobulated on that. Titans pick up their fifth win. They now travel to Kansas City. Sunday night football in week nine, Titans at Chiefs. Seems well, unlikely, but they've had the Chiefs number in, uh, in recent years. They really have. Hey, the defense is awesome. Yeah. So that's... Much like a great offense can give you a puncher's chance, that defense will give the Titans a chance, even against good teams. But they have no passing offense. They've slowed down on giving up Ryan the big Even with Ryan Tannehill, plays. they have no passing offense. So I, I just don't, I don't know how they're going to progress unless 
Traylon Burks comes back or Robert Woods really steps up or Austin Hooper elevates his game, someone's going to have to elevate to a major degree if that passing offense is going to be anything. Coming up, Eagles, Seahawks, Falcons, Niners, Cowboys. We'll, we'll discuss the headlines and how those teams performed, and we'll start with Philly where A.J. Brown does it again. Goes off in the first half. Three touchdowns in the first half for Philadelphia as they handle business at home yesterday. We will kick things off on our recap across week eight in the NFL next to now kick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Live from 6th and Peabody, we're recapping the weekend of the NFL. We've got one game to go. We've got Browns and Bengals tonight on Monday Night Football. Good one. Yep. Yeah. And uh, a lot on the line for Cincy, where they've got a chance to really take a, a grasp of that division, but also the, the Browns are out of it. But the Browns are – are they selling? Are they selling, or are they just going to stick with it as they get Deshaun Watson back in a couple of weeks? Well, they're selling Kareem Hunt. Tyler, are they selling? Give us a thumbs up or thumbs down through there. Tyler's our resident Browns guy. Tyler's I think it making could, a move I think it could door. depend on what happens it's tonight, thumbs up. honestly. They're sellers. Tyler reads all the blogs, all the dog pound blogs. Well, they're I, all in maybe. agreement. Browns are selling. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, uh, among those being uh, rumored to be on the move. We'll discuss that coming up. The Eagles are 7-0. and You've got A.J. Brown, who went off yesterday, three touchdowns. Um, it was three touchdowns of 30 yards or more. Or there's a st- 20 air yards. 20 air yards or more. Yeah. He's the first to do it since Drew Bennett in 2006 or seven, I believe, here. I didn't realize, that second, I didn't realize that second part. Yeah, um, and that's how they're, the, the Eagles can beat you a, a multiple, multiply, a, just very good running uh Passing the football defensively, very sound. Special teams have been good. And they they handled Pittsburgh. And now you start to look ahead at their schedule, and it's conceivable we're looking at Philadelphia at 10-0. Um, you never put the cart before the horse here, but 
they're that consistent week in and week out. One of the throws, uh, I mean, they were all good throws, but one of the throws, I think it was the third touchdown up the right side, was just a perfect fit between a corner and a safety who were covering A.J. Brown rather well. That's the one where he then banged his shoulder. I, I don't know if it was into Minka Fitzpatrick or a corner, uh, sent the DB to the ground, stood over him, and I think got a taunting flag. Um, if you're going to taunt, that's that's the way to taunt. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Think. I mean, yeah. Yeah. have at it. Have at it. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts, though, he, he's got four touchdown passes of 25 or more yards. It's the first time that's happened in 53 years with Philly. Um, and then he's thrown for 10 touchdown passes. He's rushed for six others, and he only has two turnovers this year. He has not fumbled at all this year. That is, I mean, that's MVP quality in a league where, I mean, he is on a, he, he's in a threshold, he's on a, a ceiling with one, two, maybe three others right now. And Burrow can certainly insert his name into it with another great performance. But it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and wait for it, Jalen Hurts, the most consistent quarterbacks in the NFL. And you've got, in Mahomes' case, uh, a, a great receiving core with or without Tyreek Hill. You've got Josh Allen playing at an unbelievable pace, and now the investment in Hurts is paying off too. Tough not to love Nick Sirianni also as a head coach, uh, just the whole vibe around that team. It's crazy because when A.J. Brown got traded, I thought, man, how is he going to handle the way he handled social media in Nashville? How is he going to handle it when things get tough? I didn't allow for the possibility that things would never get tough for the Eagles. I mean, they are rolling through this season right now. And it is amazing when you give a good quarterback great weapons, how much it elevates their game. And you pair that with, I think, the perfect offense for Jalen Hurts with those great receiver options, with a competent running game. Mm-hmm. They ask him to run just enough or just have the option to run just the, just the right amount. There is such a comfort level so quickly with Brown and Hurts and Devontae Smith and that whole group, it's been fun to watch. That That is a great team. I mean, they are right there. When we're looking at the really good teams in the league, That they're right there with Bill's yep. Chiefs right now. And he's won – Hurts has won his last 10 starts in total going back to last year. They, they are – they're playing at a level where you know you've got to come in and play your best. And they're very consistent in all three phases at, at doing so. Uh, the Steelers, meanwhile, lose again. This is uh, Pittsburgh's loss for Philly's gain. And many are saying that the, the Steelers could be sellers by tomorrow. Chase Claypool among those being mentioned on the trade block. I know uh, Titans fans are desperate for them to make a wide receiver move. I, I don't see something big coming, but if something big came, Chase Claypool is a guy who fits what they like, a big yes. physical receiver. He would make sense. I haven't looked at the contract or anything like that. People there, though, are saying, or or a lot of the talk about Chase Claypool being moved as well, it would make more room for Pickens. I mean, don't you have room for multiple wide receivers there? Why can't you make it work with both? Chase Claypool's a very good receiver. I would would imagine you'd want multiple good weapons for your young quarterback. Go make that work. Yeah, it's a struggle right now with Pickett, too. Pickett's bad. He got sacked six times yesterday, um, but 25 for 38 for 191. That's not a good yards per completion. And he had the one interception. It's a it's a real struggle with that offense. I I got to watch quite a bit of that game yesterday afternoon against Philly, and Pittsburgh is struggling 
in a number of areas offensively. Najee Harris, I watched it live, had his longest run of the season so far, and it was 18 yards during that game. They do not have a rush over 20 yards this season That's as a team. Really remarkable. That's the biggest disappointment to me is Harris. It, of that, It's not Pickett who's struggling as a rookie. You could expect some of that. And he's not been good. Najee Harris has not worked. He's getting into it with his offensive lineman. Yeah, the line is During the really game, bad. line's bad too, but th- that's one. We talked about Roquan Smith. Man, that makes sense for the Ravens. That was the perfect pick, I thought, for the Steelers. That just felt like a Steelers pick when they got Najee Harris in the first round. Not going well this year with that offense. Philadelphia has not trailed in the second half all year, and they do not play another team with a winning record until the Titans on December the 4th. So this trend should continue based on how they're playing right now and the health of the roster overall. Um, Elsewhere, just looking around the league, some things that Seattle finishes strong against the Giants. This is a tight game, back and forth. And then Richie James fumbles twice in this game, gives the football back to Seattle, and Tyler Lockett takes over with Geno Smith's and and his playmaking ability, and then Kenneth Walker III with a physical touchdown run that – puts Seattle up and seals the game late. This is Seattle moving to their fifth win. It's the second loss for the Giants, but the Seahawks sit atop their division. That offense plays hard for Geno Smith. There is a, there's a bond there. I'm, I'm not going to take this chance to rain on Russell Wilson's parade because we'll get to his game and his performance well, it's soon. It's unsaid anyway. But there's, a, there's, there's something good happening with Geno Smith there in Seattle. I don't think it's just a fluke right now. This, this may work out with him in this offense. But, yeah, that was, that was a tight game that, that became a two-score game very late. Um, and I still watch the Giants, and I'm amazed at what they're getting out of that roster when well, I watch them play, even in a two-score loss. Yeah, they, the biggest thing that Seattle did well yesterday was they stopped Saquon Barkley from taking over the game. Because Daniel Jones is not good. And, right. Yeah, and, sacked five times. It's a, it's a, a, I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks getting sacked five times a game now. Yep. And the run games, Kenneth Walker the third is, he's a lot like Henry in a way with how they attack the opposing defense and play off of that success. Geno Smith has had six games this season with multiple touchdown passes. He had seven total in his first nine years in the NFL. <laughs> They're, they're running the football effectively, and then they're playing off of that because Smith is comfortable within an offense, and he trusts Lockett. And keep in mind, D.K. Metcalf was banged up yesterday. They're, you know, they, they're going to get him back healthy 100%, and then they're rocking and rolling. And they're in a division right now where it's them and it's San Francisco. The, the well, touchdown pass to, to Lockett was impressive. The one to go up 14. Yeah. I mean, he dropped it in a bucket down yep. the sideline to lock it. Looks to me, like just from I, I only saw you know uh, surface highlights, but the Geno was the difference here. He had two passing touchdowns. Walker was sixteen for fifty-one, and Saquon was twenty for fifty-three. So they kind of had offsetting games. Um, but I, you know, Saquon has to go, or or they've got nothing, like you're saying. Uh, whereas Seattle's got a little balance to it. Yeah, and they've got to find more balance in New York with the Giants. They're six and two. You know, they're they're a playoff contender, but they've got to figure out ways if Barkley's not going to be the guy every week. Yeah, what is? You know, there there are very few teams that you know have multiple options. Their like option this. number two really is Daniel Jones running well. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. Um, and then their defense getting the football back in, in short fields. 
right? Like it, it was a tight game. It was like 10, 10, uh, and stuck that way through the third quarter, I believe very tight. And then Seattle took over at home. Um, the Falcons, the Falcons lead the NFC South. They have sole possession of the NFC South for the first time since 2017. And I think it's mandatory to mention they are eating $78 million of dead money this year. I mean, this might be the most ridiculous first place at week eight in history based on finances. $78 million of dead money. And with the players that they lost, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. This P.J. Walker throw. That, this bomb that he threw. It was almost 70 yards in the air. I mean, the rave reviews that are coming in from everybody. Uh, Arthur Smith, um, the, the linebacker defending it, um, who was here. God, come on. Um, Rashawn, Rashawn Evans. Evans. Rashawn Evans. Yep. I mean, all of these guys are just marveling at it. They, they didn't, nobody knew that he could throw the ball this far. I think P.J. Walker might have been a little surprised. You know what else happened yesterday? Mariota was a playmaker. Yeah. Yep. 20 for 28, three touchdowns. He had the two picks, but when they needed him, his legs took over on that final drive to put them in, in Man, field goal position to win it. So fortunate, though, because he threw that pick in overtime. Yeah. Carolina returns it, and then they uh, shank the field goal. I feel badly about the removal of the helmet being so costly, but you've got to know that rule. There's yes. a difference between yep. not liking the rule and there's uh, and not following the rule, right? It's a dumb rule that's, uh, that can be too punitive. But everybody in the league knows, and I'm sure the coaches hit them over the head with it from the start of, of training camp. You can't take your helmet off until you're off the field. So when you do it, I'm not sympathetic to you for the punishment. It drives the extra point back to missable range. And Carolina loses its chance. The difference in that division is a guy taking off his helmet. This is not a no-fun league scenario no. with that. It's an easy rule to follow. Don't take your helmet off in celebration. you got the damn Eagles doing choreographed Broadway dance routines after every touchdown. Just with their helmets With A.J. Brown, you know, they've got everything ready to go with all their guys. That You can have fun after a touchdown and not get penalized. You cannot take your helmet off in a celebration and cost your team that way. That was dumb, dumb, dumb. I think by that's DJ somewhat Moore. symbolic of Carolina being bad. You know, here you are in position to win and you lose it because well, of a dumb thing. Well, it's unfortunate too because PJ Walker's a great story. Yeah. I mean, you've got this awesome moment. The guy uh, uncorks just a, a unholy throw down the field that we haven't seen very much. And I, I just, it, it bothered me because. And, they, and he you've does got it to, to DJ You've got Moore. to literally keep your head. And he's got it to DJ Moore, who they paid. Yes. You know, and they've got Deontay Foreman there running roughshod over people, over a team that cut him last preseason in Atlanta. And, you know, it comes down to a couple kicks, among other things. It comes down to the helmet removal and, and regulation, but the missed kick sends it to overtime. And then you're left with uh, the back and forth with Mariota throwing the pick, missed field goal. And finally, the setup for the game winner with like two minutes remaining in overtime. They milked and, everything and here's out of that Atlanta. Game. Here's Atlanta, number one in the NFC South after the uh, 37-34 victory over at the Panthers. The Niners. By the way, quick on the Panthers. Ultimately, that penalty just helps them get a higher draft pick, which they need for the long run. But it's not going to help you in the locker room and with a fan base that just wants to see wins at some point. Yeah. That that's what really hurt me with that team and that it was a great game. Wild game, but to 
And then to have the uh, – your kicker's got to help you out, too. <laughs> that situation, he had a chance to, and he failed twice. Yeah, Panero also in overtime. Looked like the Bears kicker yeah. at the time and not, not the, the Panthers kicker. Um, the, uh, the Niners continue their dominance over the Rams, and, man, what a performance from Christian McCaffrey. A touchdown passing, a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving, and a game that the Rams led at halftime ends up being a blowout – because the 49ers keep the Rams from scoring in the final two quarters of the game. Uh, final score, 31-14. And again, it was 14-10 at half in favor of L.A. McCaffrey was excellent. And the Rams dropped their eighth regular season game in a row to San Francisco. 49ers just own them in the regular they season. Uh, it's, uh... And they also lost Cooper Cup. To an ankle injury. Yeah, and McVeigh is killing himself for leaving him in there at the end of the game, which when it was already decided, though hopefully it's not uh, particularly serious. But that's got your heart's got to drop into your stomach when you see the guy who is your offense go down. Did you see the McCaffrey touchdown <clears throat> reception? Yes. Very unconventional uh, for McCaffrey and a running back to make a play like that. He he well, looked like a wide receiver leaping up. Well, he had two feet in, and George Kittle. With the underrated savvy move, they had two guys in that spot, and Kittle's running his guy over there, and he just stops and almost starts to have kind of a blockout. You know, he doesn't do it where he's going to get penalized, but it's almost like he's a basketball player boxing out <laughs> oh, yeah. and stops his route to let McCaffrey have a chance to catch it right in front of him and didn't. My first instinct would be to go up and try to catch it myself, and you run into McCaffrey, and that happens, but he saw what was going on. It made a smart play to allow him to catch it. Quick dividends. Uh, Peter King wrote, you know, they asked McCaffrey like Thursday if he could throw. And McCaffrey very excitedly went and, and found the clip of him throwing a touchdown and sent it to him like to, to, to prove. Like, I told you yes, but here's the video of me throwing. And they installed that play on Friday. I'm willing to bet he played quarterback in high school wherever he went. Well, Most guys like that do. That's a play they, have, they had in for Debo. Um, Who was out with the hammer? Right, so they insert McCaffrey on a look that the Rams clearly hadn't seen, and you know, receivers wide open for it. It, it. Great job, game plan, the whole thing by Shanahan here. But again, the, the San Francisco defense don't allow a, a point for LA in that second half. That's a that's a crippling loss for LA. I know. What they're three and four. They're in third place in the division. Their only hope is that really outside of the NFC East, there are no good second or third place teams anywhere else either. I mean, nobody's coming out of the South and nobody's coming out of the North. They need the Cowboys or the Giants to fall off. And then they need to add a receiver. They're trying to do that. You know, Brandon Cooks has been rumored there. And they need, and they need the, the Seahawks to fall off, really. They, they're already at a point where they need help. Well, and they, you know, they've got offensive line issues where that's not going to improve, right? And now they've they've got a road trip to Tampa to take on the Bucks, and you know, the winner keeps their head above water. You know, that gives them a little oxygen. Losers done. There, right? I, yeah, I would oh, bet I on them to be the number one team to make a deal between now and end of tomorrow, wouldn't you? The Rams. Yeah, I think Green I mean, Bay. I think Green Bay's got to look at this like we've got a $50 million quarterback. and you got to do something. If he retires, we have nothing to show for it. They so should make a deal. Let's make a, let's make a move. They should make a deal for Allen Robinson with the Rams. 
I was strangely encouraged by the Packers' performance last night, even though they weren't really close. See, I wasn't. They slow Buffalo. played the second half. Like they, they, they well, didn't have urgency. To I saw Rodgers make some plays with his receivers. Yeah, you know, that, well, that Dobbs made though. a good they, adjustment yeah. after a play was over to keep running and and go make something happen. So twenty-seven seventeen is the final. Bills. The Packers had more total yards. They had more rushing yards. They had a higher third down percentage. They had fewer turnovers and fewer fumbles, and they lost by double digits. They're the no other NFL team since the merger has done all of that and lost by double digits. It's a that's an odd that's an odd way to lose a game considering they're on the road in Buffalo, and that's kind of the formula to go on the road and win. I didn't feel like they played with second half pace that showed me that they had an intention of going and winning that game. They have. But they just don't – the yards per attempt by Rodgers, the inability to manufacture anything with their receiving core is just puzzling. Given the fact everyone's like, oh, this is why you got to be around your team. I'm thinking, guys, it's, it's Halloween. He's been around for two and a half months now, three months now. Let's go back to the preseason during training camp. Like, you're allowed to figure things out. And this is traditionally – a quarterback and a head coach together that have figured things out. Devontae Adams can't be the only excuse. No, but he's a big one. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, look, and you've compared them a lot, and I think it's a fair comparison. Uh, and they were the number one seeds in each conference last year, the Packers and the Titans. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a superior quarterback to Ryan Tannehill, but both of them let their big receiver go or traded their big receiver, and their passing offenses are just nothing now compared to what they were with that guy. A.J. Brown gone, and Devontae Adams gone, and neither of them figured it out. But the Titans have found a way to win despite that, and the Packers have not. He had 80 yards, less than 80 yards passing through three quarters. I mean, it's unheard of. It's crazy that Aaron Rodgers is in that place. And, and they had a 95-yard drive at the end, too. That Yeah, it's fluffed up the numbers. Yeah. It feels like he and LaFleur, I mean, we never see them talking to each other, obviously. I'm not saying they're not talking on the sidelines. But you hear the two of them talking separately to the press, and it just feels like things are disjointed there. And then today I saw uh, LaFleur saying, no, I'm not firing my defensive coordinator. So the questions are <laughs> spilling Ted, everywhere. Though. How awesome was the back and forth with uh, Stefan Diggs and Alexander? Oh, oh man. It was I love awesome. It. I love it. I in in the tunnel, the, the chatter. Yeah, they were and able then, to talk in the tunnel without either one kicking each other or knocking him oh, to the ground. They were going at it, though. I mean, it, it, I love it. They, we That takes me back to an NFL era. Where people where, didn't like it. Yeah, you're not jersey swapping after the game. And this was during the during the week. You know, the, the discussion was Jair Alexander, who's one of the top corners in the NFL, Terrific. was going to be on digs the entire game. Now, he he did he, he wasn't exclusively on him. There were times where they didn't mix and match based on coverage. But, you know, Diggs ends up with six catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Alexander has an interception of Josh Allen in this game as well. And you feel like both guys kind of got theirs. And during the week, they both... <clears throat> raved about each other and then as soon as they saw each other it was like hey, game on yeah meet me in the center of the ring screw screw friendship i loved it it's it just we don't see enough of that anymore oh it's good good competition too when well, i like guys who are both so good 
you know, at the top of their game, yeah. squaring off that way in, in mano a mano. There's a lot of, uh, I feel like, with the you, t- you call it the jersey swapping era, there's too much of a ment- mentality of, hey, let's just all stay rich and playing and instead of a mentality yeah. of, I'm going to stay rich at your expense when we're going head to head. And I'm you're going to make I'm your not, money. I'm not saying go and like, you know, injure a guy. And just, I'm saying right, right. my thing is I'm going to dominate you however I need to physically every other way because I want to be the one that keeps getting paid in this league for a long time and, and put you out of a job. And, well, you go make your money against somebody else at least. Yeah, but even that, I mean, I, the mentality in that game needs to be I'm going to put you out of a job instead of let's all just make sure that we continue to stay rich. And there are yeah, few, that's long gone. There are few like true man corners that will trail the top receiver anymore very little so that was also the intrigue here and it, it, with the pick i mean alexander had the pick i think he was matched up against davis in the red zone and he drew an unsportsmanlike penalty there uh but still i mean he he kept the bills out of the out of the end zone there by having the interception i i love the matchup even though the the game in the second half wasn't all that great despite some of the the the, the stats being lopsided the vikings by the way they hang on to win. And Keep winning. They're 6-1. and one. They're, they're now, I mean, far and away the leader right now in the division to get the Packers and the Bears at 3-5. and five. How about our guy Jared Allen that we've had on this show riding out on horseback <laughs> when he was honored by the Vikings? That was, that was quite the arrival. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. That, that's something you don't see every day. I, I really enjoyed that. And the, it's not like the Cardinals were awful. You know, this was one of my upset picks. Uh, Hopkins again. Big. Oh, Got the oh, touchdown. My, I, I mean, needed. He, he, in the second game, 12 of 13 targets, 159 yards, and another touchdown, another highlight reel touchdown. But Minnesota, they are the definition of complementary football. Their defense is playing well. They have Dalvin Cook, who's rushing for 115 yards in this game. And then they have Kirk Cousins, who's passing for 232, two passing touchdowns. Uh, he has a, a rushing score as well. And they're, they're spreading the football around to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who combined for like 170 yards receiving. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a style that Minnesota can now go and win with because they're winning tight window games, and last year they were losing them. That's really the difference. They were, they're losing by two or three points a year ago, and now they're winning by four to five. And yesterday, more than that. I still don't trust them. But the I'm level of competition, more and more. level of competition isn't good, so... Uh, it'll be a while before my lack of trust in them comes to fruition. Well, I mean, level of competition. Who's the NFL team that's playing a solid level of competition? That's no, I know. Winning. I mean, there's. The, I mean, all these. I mean, the the Bills just played the Packers, and the Packers are three and five. Yeah, but yet it's, the it Bills is crazy are the top that, team in the league, and the Vikings are six and one. There's no real resume team. Like I'm trying to think of who you'd point to and say, boy, this team's beaten all the good teams already, right? Well, the Bills have that from the, the win in Kansas City. It's probably yeah, the best that's win the best this win, year. But then they, they beat the Titans, the, who have two losses, I guess. would be Dolphins. a good win. The Vikings have beat the Dolphins. Yeah. Vikings lost to the Eagles, right? On yes. that Monday night. Hey, quick news from Auburn. A familiar name. Carnell Cadillac Williams Cadillac. has been named the interim nice. head coach for Auburn. So that's a nice... Nice opportunity for old Cadillac, who was who was a Cadillac on that 2004 unbeaten Auburn team that went still amazing to think about a team that went 13 and 0 in the SEC that was left out of a college football national championship game that year. And now a chance to 
for for him to just put the 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 feet in the water and see what happens here. Because if you're able to get some momentum, I'm not saying that he gets the job, but he he's able to now spin this into potentially working his way up to another level. Yeah, just look a little better. Yeah. I mean, you show some improvement and that's going to help you, you know, either land a head coaching job at some point or whoever they hire may have a nice more prominent spot on that staff as someone yeah. you want to retain for the players. Coming up, we will hit the injuries of note from week 8 and tell you how it affects either your favorite team, your favorite team's matchup this coming week or your fantasy football team. It all factors in here. We will also continue our look around the NFL where uh, the Raiders shut out by the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott look like last year's version yesterday. We'll explain on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, Kick360 rolls on. Some injury updates from across the NFL. There is a solid team getting a really good player back. Tredavious White has been activated to the Bills roster. He's going to be their cornerback number one. Still unclear if he's going to play in week nine. But he's back soon for for that defense that's already really good. The Bills have confirmed that. Um and just a, a few others uh, through the the injury list here as I pull this back up. Uh, Rashad Bateman for the Ravens. He's going to miss some time with a foot injury. Uh, Richie James, who fumbled twice for the for the Giants, but has been a an electric player. I'm not I'm not going to say like a, 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 a consistent player, but he gives them a boost. He's uh, in concussion protocol. Devonte Parker with a knee sprain for the Patriots. Uh, Patriots, by the way, winning against the Jets. And Christian Watson for the Packers, also in concussion protocol. There's your injury update right now, based on what the media has been able to gather through coaches' availability today so far. And no new news on Ryan Tannehill, who will get assessed on Wednesday. Nothing on Cooper Cup either yet, from what I've been able to see. I saw a great description of Zach Wilson, and I, I, I wish I remembered who tweeted it to give proper credit. But they said, Zach Wilson is Patrick Mahomes if he played every game blackout drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching Zach Wilson there saying, that's, that's pretty accurate. He's spinning around and trying to do crazy things, but when he does it, it's an interception most of the time. Yeah, and that's, you know, he, he's really the detriment right now because they, they lose Brees Hall and Wilson's not picking them up now that he's been back for a month. You know, he thought it was slow out of the gate. It was going to take some time, the injury. You know, he's got to get over it. No. It's, it's not good with what the, the Jets are not able to do offensively in their passing game with him. Um, and, and a nice win for the Patriots. Another, this is what they do against the Jets, I know. But uh, Belichick takes the podium and says, this is a very good day for, for our team and our franchise because they, they rebound off another loss. 
Uh, by the way, Wilson was one for 14 when he was pressured with three interceptions yesterday. One thing the league one has done this year 14. is the moment that you're ready to not necessarily crown someone, but confirm an ongoing narrative about the season, the league has a way to just trip it up and completely turn it on its head. So, And I felt that way watching the Patriots beat the Jets yesterday. Just a quick aside. After the loss to the Bears. But I, so you mentioned Patriots over the Jets, loss to the Bears. So trade deadline by tomorrow. In the AFC, hypothetically, if some general managers who are trying to determine are we a buyer, a seller, or are we staying neutral based on what we have, if you knew that Josh Allen was going to be hurt and out for the year after the trade deadline, how wide open would it be in the AFC and how do you think other GMs would approach the trade deadline? Because I can, I can go ahead and tell you, Kansas City is going to be a buyer, even with their current setup. They're in the mix for other players being rumored uh, that could be on the move. They're still picking up the phone and calling. Well, I think if you're one of those AFC East teams, you should, uh, if Josh Allen were out, you should, you should get on the phone because that would create some, I some think room either there. Way, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think if you're, you know, a, a fringe team right now, you've got four or five wins. Um, Titans come to mind. Got to be aggressive with the current setup. If you've got a veteran-led offense, which the Titans do, and you have the worst wide receiving core in the NFL, which the Titans do, top to bottom, and you knew that Allen wasn't going to be there, I, I would be ultra aggressive this year, knowing that the path through the playoffs, based on how teams match up right now, it's very even. You Chip. can call it parity or mediocrity, whatever you want to call it. You're in the mix without Josh Allen running the Bills off. If you're the Jets, though, you can't make a deal that solves your number one problem, which we just talked about. Your number one problem is the quarterback. So, like, is Joe Flacco your solution? That was, that was Wilson's first loss as the starter this year. I know. But, but Flacco's but been with, better. With, Flacco was better. With Brees Hall out right. now, it's going to get progressively hard. Moore is going to fall on the quarterback, yeah. and he's and not up. Robinson. He's not going. up for it based on what what you. But they seen. did make a move, though. They traded for yep. James Robinson. Yeah. But yeah. your problem's going to come more and more under the spotlight versus some of these other. You teams. Know, I think we look at it and say, man, there's two really good teams in the AFC, and there are. But man, the war of attrition is just getting started on the injury front, and. Think about the storylines if Mahomes or Allen went down. Headlines next from college and pro football.